Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are so welcome. I don't know what in the world we thought we were doing here, but um, <laughs> this is a big day for the podcast. And uh, I think the first thing that we need to ramble about is we are doing this in front of a live audience. Please applaud. Just. Yes. And that applause is purely to show that, <laughs> that, that we're not we, lying. We're not <laughs> lying about having an actual studio audience here, and also to uh, say that there are obviously people in this world that do not have anything to do. That's right. Um, we have a lot of other things we have to announce, though, that we probably should just get out of the way. You should explain you? where the live audience. No, is. No, no. I want people to imagine. <laughs> That we're doing this in the middle of a street somewhere. We're at the old. Uh, uh, we're in. We're in. Um, we're at the Staple Center. That's where we are. We're, we're at the, the Staple Center. We're actually at the. It's halftime at a Clippers game. <laughs> at a Clippers preseason game. We are in Cooperstown, New York, at the Baseball Hall of Fame in the Grandstand Theater. That's right. Recording this, um, and uh, behind us is the screen where they show. The Hall of Fame movie. Which you wrote the text I, for. That I wrote, right. yes. And um, frankly, we are interrupting. There are so many people who came here just to see the movie, and we are we are preventing them from doing that. It's a real bait and switch kind of a deal, isn't it? <laughs> Come to this theater and see a film, or listen to these two idiots talk about the Cleveland Browns for I, so, one hour. I, so, I just went to the museum, the Hall of Fame, and and they have this big, beautiful thing, and then there were these two idiots, and they were just talking about fruit. Yeah. Well, like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's as if you went like to the plaque room, but instead of plaques, there were just like uh, old gum wrappers lying around. <laughs> like I want to read about Mariano Rivera. No, here's a Trident gum wrapper from 1980. From 1983. Yes, that is correct. So. Uh, so yeah, so we are doing this live from uh, from Cooperstown, which is amazing, by the way, just amazing. We will talk a little bit more about our experiences here in Cooperstown because they have been uh, remarkable. And um, we also are announcing that this is our debut podcast for, for drumroll. <laughs> we haven't announced it For already. Meadowlark Media and uh, the Dan Lebertard and Friends Podcast Network. This yes. Is our, we're, lot, we're moving the podcast to Lebertard and Friends at Meadowlark. Uh, this is the official uh, kickoff to that new era. How many places has it been? Let's okay. count. Let's that, count that's this. Good. That's a good. That's a good thing. Okay, to do. so it started with you and me with like two cans of the string. Yes, attached. we were shouting at each other through two <laughs> aluminum cans uh, th that went through a string. Then for a while, we were just shouting at each other into the microphones on our computers, and right. no one could hear us. That's right. And a third of the time, I would say conservatively, we failed to actually record it. That's right. I, I'm not sure we're recording this. It's showing me that we are, but we're I'm not. not no, we're not. We're, this, this is we're, <laughs> we're screaming into a void. So we did that for a few years, and then. This is not a joke. Like six years in, we had a, a phone conversation, and we had an amazing idea, which was we should buy microphones. Right. That's right. We what if we bought microphones for thirty dollars that we could plug, plug into, into our, our computer? Yeah, that's so right. So that people could hear what we were saying. 
huge breakthrough. It was I a would big say breakthrough. in the history, there, there's there's Einstein's uh, Year of Miracles <laughs> in 1905, right? When he created the right. particle theory of light. Shakespeare, when he had the run. Shakespeare, right, right, right of right, the, right, the, yep. the King Lear years. King Lear years. There was uh, NASA goes to the moon, and then there was you and me buying microphones to plug <laughs> for into 30, our for thirty dollars. That's right. And, and so then for a while, so for a while we were at NBC. Well, we were at Sports Illustrated first. Sports Illustrated. That's right. We we were doing it for Sports Illustrated and. That was a great time because we actually, it was very, it was sort of the early days of podcasting and we actually had a stretch of time. This is absolutely true. I don't even know if you know this. <laughs> we had a stretch of time where we were the number one sports podcast out there. There was like seven of them <laughs> right. and, and we were number one and Sports Illustrated was like, they didn't even know what that meant. They were just like, well, what is this? And that was, uh, but I think it was the microphones. The microphones were key. I think the microphones were key to the whole experience. Yes. Yeah. And then, so then it was where? The then we went to, no, no, then we went to NBC. NBC. We did it at NBC for a while. Uh, and then we did it on our own, back to the yelling at each other through the phones. Right. And then we did it at The Athletic for a while. Right. And now we're doing it at Meadowmark. And then it was on your Substack. It was uh, it briefly. Went back, yeah, back when and we then, took it over again. And now ourselves. we're moving to Meadowlark Media. Yes. And, and by the way, just so everybody understands this, um, we warned Metal Arc Media. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't like we went to them and said, "Oh, hey, we got this podcast. We'd love for you to do this." We we told them again and again and again how terrible this show is. Yeah, we really did, and they they claim not to care. They they say, "Oh, that's what we," but they don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They'll figure it out eventually. I mean, we'll be back to shouting at each other through tin cans within six months. Six I would months. Say. I would give us six months. So that's exciting. Another another aspect of this, by the way, and this we'll have more announcements about this next week, but. We are doing this for charity now. This is officially a charitable a, enterprise. We are now a charitable enterprise. Yeah. So How the, exciting is that? So when the, the new idea is we're going to, uh, part of being on a podcast network is you uh, read ads, and we've done that before for no money. That's right. Well, for, we got no we money. We got no money. Somebody got Somebody money. Somebody got money. We yes, didn't get money. That's right. And so we thought, like, well, if we're going to read ads, we might as well, whatever money this thing generates will be given to charity. That's so, right. So we will announce. We'll have a, more announcements about how this is going to work. But basically, every month we're going to pick a different charity. Some will be sports related. Some will not be sports related. And the proceeds uh, for that month will be given to that charity. So yeah. that listen for that announcement next month, next week rather, because uh, the first one is really cool, and we hope to have a really cool guest to tie uh, It's it going to be. It's going to be really good. That's called a tease. What I just. Did. I like that. You don't tell people the information. You tease them. You tease and them, and then they think. Now, in theory, what happens is they go, "Ooh." I've been teased. I need to come back next week and listen. In practice, what happens is people turn it off and they never come back and you, they never find out. And they, and they don't care that they, they don't never care. They, they, yeah. they flies out of their head immediately and they never think about it twice. But we're really excited about this because we do believe it is the only bit of good we've ever done with this podcast. That's right. Essentially, the theory is we've harmed the world. That's we've right. made the world That's worse correct. by shouting at each other for 10 years. And so now let's try to dig ourselves out of the moral hole that we have got uh, gotten right. ourselves into That's right. by actually trying to, uh, to to do something good for someone somewhere. So just just trying to help just a little bit of the damage we have caused in that's this right. world. That's, that's right. That's all we that's can the, do. Yeah, that's the theory. Now, we're also here because you were doing a book signing slash event for your book. Did you know that I wrote a book? I, you mentioned it once. I yes. remember you mentioning it once. That's it's, right. It's called... It's called Hey everybody, baseball or something like <laughs> that. What is it? That is, no, that is what it's called. Hey yeah. everybody, baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's called the Baseball One Hundred. Right, it that's came right. out uh, a week ago. It is my countdown of the hundred greatest baseball players ever. And I, I don't, I don't, I cannot believe I'm going to say this because you know that 
nobody listens to this. Well, that's not nobody. The entire audience of the podcast is in the audience right now. Correct. This is this is the entire audience. There's plus eight people who wandered in thinking they were going to see the movie. <laughs> well, I was going to say not everybody in this audience, but yes, this is be the size of it, and yet that ridiculous 900-page baseball book was number five on the New York Times bestseller yeah. list. I, yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Weirdly, number three is the baseball 200. <laughs> that someone else that's, wrote. That's that somebody else wrote. Exactly. It, it, the whole base, the whole at New York Mitch, Times. Mitch Album wrote a baseball 200. <laughs> but it's only 12 pages long. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the entire the entire New York Times uh, bestseller list is now just large baseball books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's basically which stands what's to reason. So you, so you you signed a bunch of books for folks downstairs. I did. They're selling it in the in the gift shop. That's amazing. That. That in, is, I'm in the Hall of Fame. You're in the Hall of Fame. That's a, that's it. On the list of career achievements, where does your book being sold in the Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame gift shop rank? Wow, is it top twenty? Oh, you've sure. had a lot of things happen to you, though. You've I had, have. You've been in a lot of. You've seen a lot of great things. You've covered a lot of great events. Yes. So where where to, be honest now? Don't just say it's number well, one. Because well, well, okay. So so I so being perfectly honest, if you look outside this theater right here, there is a plaque talking about this movie, Generations of the Game, that they're showing here in the theater, and I am on that plaque. Okay, that's better. So yeah, that, that's, I actually have a plaque in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's better. You made the Hall of Fame twice. You've made I, the your <laughs> two-time inductee. But unbelievable to, to be. I remember, we can talk about this, because I know you're going to want to talk about this. The first time I came here, I was, I didn't come here as a kid. Uh, so I was probably 21 years old or something like that, and I was as blown away as I am every time I come here. But I, you know, when you're when you're younger, I mean, even now, the key is the gift shop, right? The gift shop yeah. is everything. Your son is here, uh, and that is basically the only thing he has cared about the entire yes. time is I the gift shop. Took out, I took out a second mortgage on my home, <laughs> and we hit the gift shop. You hit the gift shop. Now I have I have to take out a third mortgage on my home. <laughs> and now my book is in that gift shop. That is that is That's incredibly great. cool. It's an incredibly cool thing. All right. So where do we want to start? Well, what other announcements? Do we have other announcements? Do we cover everything? We're here. We're here in Cooperstown. There are actual people. Staring at us. Yes. Staring at us. With (laughs) hatred in their eyes. Here's the great thing. Every person (laughs) in here, I assume, that has listened to the podcast before has imagined how unorganized it is. But until they've seen it in person, it's, you can't fully appreciate just like, how... We're like the Velvet Underground or something. <laughs> like, you have to see them live to really get the magic. That's what we are yeah. in the world like, I mean, like, if you told people, like, literally, we do not come up with a run of show. We don't have any paper. No. We we don't... We I both mean, have I'm, computers. I have, have computers. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not getting the Wi-Fi. I'm literally... there's I can't even do anything on my computer. <laughs> You're not? No, all I'm looking at the computer is seeing that it's actually uh, recording us. That's right. I'm getting the, the Wi-Fi. Thing. So uh, if you have any questions, I will direct all questions at you. But yeah, so we, we uh, I think we've covered every topic right. uh, of this. So now we're here at the Baseball Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in, in the heart of, of, uh, of the game, right? The game. The Mecca. We're at the, we're Mecca. At the Mecca of the game. So I think we have to start by talking about the Cleveland Browns. That's I right. don't feel like there's any other way we can go. It's the go. logical place to start. Let's check in on the Cleveland Browns. So uh, you know, I you know, I always ask you this about the Browns because I grew up, I'm, I'm of course a Browns fan. You've sort of you've you've waded into Brownsdom. You want them to win. You you kind of. I'm care. actively rooting for the Cleveland yeah. Browns. At okay. This point because I it, it, and I've said this before, but as you know, I have a real bee in my bonnet 
about uh, tortured fan bases. That's right. Coming, being a member of perhaps the most tortured fan base of all time, right? Boston Red Sox. Now that that's my decks have been cleared. Yes, they have. Uh, I have. I, I all I want every year is for a team to win the championship who, who either has never won or hasn't won in a long time. Yes. So in football, we're talking about the Browns. We're talking about the Bengals. I'll start rooting the for the Bengals and yeah. the Lions, right? Yeah. In baseball, you're talking about the Mariners and the and the Rays. The Rays Brewers. Brewers. It's been a while, right? Um, but so yeah, so because I'm friends with you, and because of the tortured nature of the fan base, I actively would like to see the Cleveland Browns win the Super right, Bowl. Right. Right. And and by the way, as we talk about that, we should point out that our dear friend Brandon McCarthy is exactly the opposite. Yeah, this is why Brandon stinks. Um, because Brandon roots for misery and failure. He, and gets mad. Yes. He's still mad the Red Sox so, won. So here's Brandon's theory. So if you don't know, Brandon McCarthy was a former Major League pitcher who is a friend of the podcast, comes on the podcast occasionally to wreak havoc and talk about how he wishes he could be a professional power washer. That's right, that's right. Nobody knows why. Uh, Brandon believes that when a fan base and franchise ends an endless drought, That's an right. endless championship drought, that they lose their identity. Yes. That they are no longer who they are and that something essential is like ripped away from them. That's right. And my counter argument is, yes, that's true. What's essential that is ripped away from them is human misery. <laughs> misery and that you should be pain. happy that that is ripped away from them. He is not. He doesn't see it that way. He no. thinks it's a, he hated when the Cubs won. He hated when the White Sox won, even though he was on the team and has a <laughs> ring from that team. He hated when that he hates. Uh, he hated when Leicester City won the Premier League. That's right. Because he was like, no, I. It, what he wanted, what he said he wanted, was like last second drama where they go into the last match of the season and whoever it was, Man City or Liverpool, is chasing them, and it's like you know, in overtime, and they're up a goal, and that that goal <laughs> difference will be the thing that hands them the league, and then they concede a goal in the sixth minute of extra time, and the, and it fails. Like, right. he wants to watch Misery. other human beings collapse to the field yes. and, and moan and wail and rend their garments. Yes. It's the weird, that's psycho. Oh, he's that's a, a psycho he's, stance. He, he is a psycho. I Look, he, I mean, he is still angry that the Red Sox won yeah. the first one. Not forget all the others. Yeah. He's still mad, and he's still mad at you. Yes, like, he's still... he hates me personally. Yes, <laughs> because, because of the Red Sox. So, uh, but yes, but you are uh, someone who always roots for for uh, people to be happy. So yeah. you, are a Browns, uh, you are a Browns fan, I would say. And they're really good this year. I mean, they're really, really good. They won on the road in Minnesota against a very a, an, un, a team that's better than the record. Right. When their quarterback had a torn labrum and couldn't throw. That's right. And they still won because their defense is so good, it might carry them all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Don't you think? Like I, I that was an incredible performance. Well, between their running game and and their defense, uh, I, I mean, I think they're they're really really good. Yeah. I mean, I you know, it's hard for me to say that. Cuz I know that at some point the you know, that's when the Pratt falls start and they just start falling apart and and it'll it'll all go bad, but <laughs> but that's but that's um, they're good. Yeah, they're, they're actually a good team. Let's put it this way: How many teams in the AFC are better? Well, here's the thing: like I would have definitely gone into saying Kansas City's better, but that defense is really not good. Yeah, and I and I still don't think their offensive line is any good. No, they did, like they rebuilt their entire line, and it looks iffy right. to me. The, so. The Bills are good. The Bills are better. The Bills are good. I think the Bills are better, except for that weirdo week one thing and where they fell down against uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Right. 
they've been dominant. They've outscored people like 120 yeah, they're to 12 really good. or something. They're really good. Uh, and I, who else though? Who else is, who else is, de let's put it this way, who else is definitely better? I mean, I, I don't think the Ravens are definitely better. No, I don't either. Right? Um, I don't think, no, that's it. I think it's Bills and Chiefs. And Browns. And Browns. That's weird. Yeah. That's really, really Where weird. are we right now? Where, where what, in the world is this what, where the, like the Bills are now going to run away with the AFC East the way the Patriots did for 20 years. Yeah. By the way, that I, I was thinking about this. So, so the Patriots every single year uh, won the AFC East. And then eventually the Patriots, you know, they lose Brady and. What? And, what? No. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. So, so <laughs> he just left. He just left. And, uh. The whole division just is still just as terrible. Like, like, yeah. the, like the division gets no better. It, all that happened was the Bills and <laughs> Patriots flipped. Yeah, that's the they, only thing that happened. That's there's, right. A, there's one team that's going to go six and zero against the rest of the conference, <laughs> and then everybody else stinks. That is so sad. I do feel bad for Dolphins fans because, like, when Brady leaves and the and the Patriots era ends, every other team is thinking. Ooh, we have a shot. Right. And then one Except by the one, Jets. the Jets realize, no, we don't. We're still the Jets. <laughs> the Dolphins are like, we have Tua and we have like some good skill players and we're good defense. And then like four games in, they're like, no, we're dead. <laughs> and then the Bills just leapfrog everybody. And now the Bills are going to dominate that conference forever. Yeah. So, but is that division always going to have four bad teams? Yes. Always... It's going to have three bad teams, three bad and, one teams and one team. good team. Yeah. One good team that gets six free wins every year <laughs> because the rest of the division sucks. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, so. Uh, the torn labrum, though, they do have a quarterback. That's, with, that, that's a little concerning. All right, I'm going to look at their schedule because I have Wi-Fi. Unlike you, I have Wi-Fi. So here's the here's the one problem that I see with the Browns' run to glory. Okay. Next week, they're at the Chargers. That's, that's right. a tough game. Tough game. Ch Chargers are on the next tier of teams. That yes, are as they're good very as good. Then they play the Cardinals, who are the only undefeated team in They're football. very good. Then they play the Broncos, who are maybe not great, but have a very good defense. Where's that game? That's in Cleveland. All right, so that's better. Uh, then they're at the bank. Uh, then they play the Steelers who stink, and they play the Bengals who stink. And they no, play no, you, you can't just say the Steelers who stink and then go right by that. Why? Oh, because it's because it's fun to talk. It's about fun the to talk about the, the Steelers <laughs> thing. We need to spend at least a few seconds talking about how great. Right, wait, it is. we got to look. This is a big day for us. Yes, recording live in front of an audience, moving to Meadowlark. We're going to create a new segment called It's Fun to Talk About How the Steelers Stink. <laughs> so put a pin in that. Put a pin. We're going to get some music. We'll get some music for yes. it, and we'll do that in a second. Yes. And it's just 10 seconds of talking about how it's fun to talk about how the Steelers That's stink. That's right. Okay, so hang on to that. So then, uh, so after that, then you have uh, you have other tough games. You're at the Packers this year. Yeah, it's That's a, tough, a hard game. Tough game. They play the Raiders, who who knows? Like, they they do have, they don't have Oh, yeah, no, schedule. it's a tough schedule. But yeah. they were good last year. So, you know, they had a good record last year. Yeah. They were 11-5, so they, they, they will have a tougher... Uh, a tougher schedule, but I, I, I just think they're good. I yeah. think they're good, and and I. Cincinnati's you know, weirdly good too. I know. I know. Good? That's kind of fun. That what is good. happening? What is that whole sports <laughs> world is upside down? Okay. No, it's not. That's a great thing. Baseball is not upside down at all. That's true. Every single thing, except for the Giants, every single thing was predictable. What's happening? Well, we did predict it in our baseball preview, where we have ninety eight point three percent accuracy. <laughs> that's right. What did we say about the Giants? Do you have any memory at all? I think what we said was. Look out for this team. They're unbelievable. They're going to win 107 I know games. Their, their, their Vegas over-under win total is like 77 and right. a half. Bet the over. Hammer that over because the Giants are going to run away with the, with the National League. Right. That's what, what we, we said. said. What we said is like, look, we can't predict with precision, 
but they're definitely a hundred. I think you said between one hundred and six and one hundred and eight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was thinking yeah. between there, but because you don't know, you don't know. You can't. I mean, nobody can know. We, we're <laughs> as good as it gets. All right, ten seconds about how fun it is that the Steelers stink. Go. Ben, I'm going to time you. Ben Roethlisberger is uh, at this point ready to collapse, and it is such a joy to watch. All right, six seconds. Six. You, you I got, did it at six. All right, you got ten. Now you got ten I seconds. Got ten. Uh, I, I've always hated them, and there is a particular kind of Brandon McCarthy adjacent psycho joy in taking pleasure in the misery of the teams that you truly hate. Yes, yes. But you know what? The teams that you truly hate, they've had so much success, you don't feel bad. Yeah, right. Point, right? I, I mean, no like, one, no one's weeping for the Steelers. I mean, look, the Patriots stink this year. No one's crying for me. No, no, no one's, nobody's, nobody's like, how is Mike doing? Because the Patriots <laughs> are one and three. I think everyone's fine with it. That's um, awesome. Well, that's our Cleveland Browns update. That's our Cleveland Browns update. So now, again, we're in the cathedral. Correct. The cathedral of baseball. The, cent- the, the white hot center of, of baseball culture in America right. and, nay, the world. But we are surrounded by history. Yeah. Surrounded by the emotion of the game. That's right. That's why we absolutely have to do Fruit Talk. That's right. All right, so um, driving here to Cooperstown from Albany, both of us flew into Albany, um, and it's beautiful. It is. The, you, I'll congratulate all of you for coming this time because it's gorgeous. This is right? exactly the right moment this to come is to this the, part of the country. Yeah, not only the right moment, the perfect day, the only mm-hmm. day to come. Beautiful. The leaves are changing, everything else. And on numerous occasions, I passed a sign that said apples on the side of the road. You can buy apples on the side of the road. And it occurred to me a question, I, as, as fruit aficionados mm-hmm. that we are, have you ever done it? I have. Okay. Uh, multiple locations, including um, we went to Hawaii. Our family went to Hawaii a couple of years ago. Okay. Hawaii is the best place to buy fruit. Side, side road fruit. Side road fruit because it's literally like chop, crack, sell like it's like there's like you can see the tree it's coming off of and we bought some uh guava and papaya and pineapple delicious amazing i have also bought apples by the side of the road and blackberries i bought blackberries by the side of the road i don't know if i'd go with blackberries they weren't great (laughs) huge mistake uh i was i was hospitalized briefly uh no that is a wonderful thing about about driving around this region at this time of year is it's like you can buy the crispiest, juiciest apples. Yeah, I, I really felt bad. I, I don't even know if they, by the time I was going, if they were still selling them on the side of the road. I mean, it might have been. Well, you're going to the airport tomorrow. Why don't you stop? I Why don't might. you give it a shot? I might and get myself an apple. I don't. Do you know anything about uh, upstate New York apples? No. <laughs> Why would I know anything about because upstate New we, York apples? Because we're, we're the fruit experts. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we like devote a lot of time and energy to researching That's true. apples or from any. different regions. <laughs> or any. I have two things to say about Fruit Talk. Number one is... At the buffet this morning, we had breakfast together. There's when there's fruit at a buffet. Where are you going? What's your what's your like my go to for the fruit? Go to yeah. Well, here's the thing. I go for the pineapple. Uh, That is my go to because, but I love, and I'm one of the very few who does love the cantaloupe. And there's always mounds of cantaloupe. Nobody else wants nobody like cantaloupe. Yeah. So that's always. I don't go there first. Obviously, I know it's going to be there waiting for me. But I go for the pineapple. What? Where, where do you go? I go to I go to berries. So I berries go to blueberries are good. and yeah. strawberries. Yeah. Um, there were no blueberries this morning, and so I demanded a full refund from the hotel. You did. And I expect uh, that it will be charged <laughs> back to my card. 
Uh, yeah. But I, I did think the other move is is banana. Now this oh. brings up my second point. My son is here. Uh, there he's in the back row there. He's way he's way back there in the in the Red Sox hat. He's he's literally not listening to a word we say. He's watching TikTok. <laughs> so my son eats bananas a lot. Okay. And here's how he does it. He unpeels the banana entirely. Okay. Throws away the peel okay. and holds the actual banana with his hand. With his hand, with his disgusting 13-year-old <laughs> hand. And then he eats the banana. Why would he do that? I don't know. And I've said to him a number of times, hey, buddy, like billions of years of evolution <laughs> created a a wrapper, a, wrapper. a handle of oh. a thing that, that you that where you don't have to get banana on your hand. That's right. He just doesn't care. He just he peels the entire banana. Then usually, by the way, leaves the peel like on our couch <laughs> or something, and then holds the banana and just shoves it in his mouth. Why? Why? I mean, it's, it's, I don't. You understand. talk about psycho behavior. That's true psycho behavior. <laughs> That's true. Like someday I'm going to be in a court of law, and the and a lawyer will be saying, "When did you know? When and did I'll you say, know? Like, well, I knew early. I'll tell you. And you're going to say he would just rip, I, take off the whole yes. banana, and then we'll say. Yeah. Why didn't you stop? They'll say, why didn't you <laughs> alert the authorities? Yeah. Why didn't you call the FBI? That's a good one. He's That's still a, not still not listening. Still oh, there listening. he is. Oh, wait. Now, he is, now, now he's, he's listening. He and, yeah. Now he's... <laughs> All right. There's our fruit talk. There's person. fruit. And by the way, the best fruit talk yet. I think so. <laughs> I, think, I mean, there have been a lot of great There have been a lot of great fruit talks, <laughs> but I think this is... It's the first fruit... By the way, how many records are we setting here today? First fruit talk inside the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. First people to ever talk about the Cleveland Browns in the Grandstand Theater. <laughs> we are we are like breaking records left and I mean, right. This, this is going to be they're going to raise our, our jerseys into the rafters after this. This is a, an incredible performance. All right, so we should talk some baseball. Right? All right, All right fine. do you think we should yeah, talk yeah, some yeah, baseball? Yeah, All right, but here's the thing: we are going to have a draft here in a couple minutes uh, where we will really delve into uh, some more. Uh, Local specific stuff, I would say. That's right. right? Is yes. that fair? So, uh, so let's talk playoffs. But here's the thing: by the time people hear this, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, it depends. Because now, we, by the way, we're—I don't know if you know this—we're working with Metal Arc now. That's right. And they actually have like a producer. Yeah. Who has actually like told us there's like there's oh, a yeah. guy whose job it is to <laughs> handle this, <laughs> and he's like, "I'll get it up on Monday for sure." And I'm like. No, you don't have to do that. Yeah. That's like just don't don't bother. Don't bother, really. <laughs> just take your time. All right, but I'm going to start off with this because we have a lot of playoff stuff we can yeah. talk about. Um, how incredible did it make you feel to watch the Randy Rosarena steal of home? It, uh, sad because it's against my team. Happy for every other reason. Yes, like uh, that. So this is a crazy thing about Randy Rosarena. We were talking about this earlier. He's a rookie. Right. This is his rookie year. That's correct. We don't think of him that way because he came up in September of last year. That's right. Buzzed through the league, buzzed through the playoffs, hit 10 home runs in 18 games, yes. I think. And so coming into this year, it was like, oh, this is one of the stars of the league. You, I thought of him the way you thought of Acuna. Right. Or maybe, or... Or, or, or even Tatis or those guys. I mean, yeah, I don't know like, at yeah, that level. A, but yeah. a, a young star of the game. That's right. He had played in 27 games or right. something before right. this year. So he has a rookie year where he's super under the radar, in part because it wasn't quite the year that I think maybe you were expecting based on him in the playoffs last year, and also because there's a bunch of other super young, super great players in the game. Then something happens on October 1st. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, un, they open up a giant uh, 
uh, slot in his back and they put a car battery in right, it. Right, that's right. And they close it up and then he just runs rampant over the league. And uh, it is wild to see. Now he was he was facing, so, okay, couple of facts. Second time in history, a steal of home in the World Series. A straight the, steal. Straight steal. Straight steal. The home. only other one is Jackie Robinson in 55. That's right. So Jackie Robinson, uh, I love the story. You tell a great story about this. Jackie Robinson's widow. Yes. And Yogi Berra, every time they saw each other for the rest of uh, for his, the rest of yeah, rest, rest of, of his, his life, life, yeah, yeah. As soon as they saw each other, she would say "safe," and he would say "out." Yeah, and then they would hug. That's right. That's a, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the greatest baseball story of all time. So that that steal, which you've seen the t- video of a million times, yes, is hard to tell whether he is safe or out. I think it's really hard. It's tell. really hard. Yes. It's bang, bang, and the video isn't great because it's from 1955, and, but the, the symbolism of it, the, 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 the sort of the history of it, it's, by the way, that's the year the, the Dodgers lose that game but win the series, right? Dodgers right. lose that game but did win. They lose, lose game lost, one. Lost that game. They lost that game but they eventually but won the series. But it is the year they broke the Yankees. That is run, right. right. In seven games. So, so Jackie Robinson, who integrates baseball eight years earlier, steals home against the Yankees and gives Brooklyn their World Series championship. That's right. He was safe. That's my <laughs> point. The guy was safe, right? This time, a Rosarena... It's it's a far less important game. Right. It, it, he's facing a left-handed pitcher. Right. But it was not close at all. No. <laughs> he he takes off running and is four fifths of the way home before Josh Taylor realizes what's happening. Yes. Josh Taylor though, very quick instinct, steps off the rubber, throws home. He's already running toward the dugout. Oh yeah. It is it is a feat of athleticism that's difficult even as you're watching it to understand how it's possible. Yeah. You know, there's a. So you remember the the scene in uh, in uh, a League of Their Own, where at the very end, where uh, what's the sister's name, Kit? Yeah. Kit rounds third and heads for home. Yeah. And then they cut to the fielder who's like, "Oh my gosh!" And and they that's what he looked like. The pitcher looked like that's <laughs> yeah. what Josh looked like when he when he's like. He was like looking off and kind of, kind of. I don't even know where he was. Well, looking. he has a timing mechanism where right. at, when he comes to the stretch. He's, he doesn't just come to the stretch. He kind of rocks back and forth right. at like four or five and times. He's, and like he goes into like his own little world or something. Yeah. And then he took off. And it took a split second before he was like, oh. And then and yeah. then he threw home. Yeah. Yeah, which was. I think he literally heard the crowd roar. Yeah. And it's what, because I don't think anyone, he couldn't see it. No, he he's couldn't see it. And I, th- I don't think anyone yelled to him. I think he just like heard the crowd roar. And then at like seven <laughs> synapses fired. He was like crowd roaring. A Rosa Reina's on third. Yeah. He's yeah. stealing home. Yeah. I'm screwed. <laughs> and, then, and then by the time he got the ball home, he was like, I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible to watch. I it's, love that guy. It's it's such a great thing. But the steal of home, so that's that's only the second postseason. One straight steal, been it'd been whatever, 70 years uh since the last one and all that. But it's such an exciting play. Yeah. You just want baseball to have more of it. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. You can't. You can't. No one, I mean, how many people would even attempt that, right? Like, there's probably five guys in the league that would attempt that. Yeah. Like, Billy Hamilton might attempt that. Well, Trey Turner might attempt that. Trey Turner might attempt it. Yeah. But, like, 
And, and also, again, it helped that his team was up 4 nothing already. Of course. It helped that the game was over. Although with a Rosarena, you don't know. That could have been scoreless. He might have done it, too. Yeah. I mean, there's something about him that he's just... He's just a, he's just like a savant. He's yes. a baseball savant. Yes. And so he just was like, in that moment, uh, he, he said after the game, I think, that he saw, he saw Taylor's little get-ready-to-pitch right. thing and just was like, flick. He's just, yeah. he's, it's just like uh, he's like RoboCop. Like yes. He saw like the screen in front, or the Terminator. Right. He saw a screen in front of a face that calculated odds. Yeah, and, and he, he was just, just off said, and I'm going to go. And, and two pitches before, he'd come like three quarters of the way home, it seemed like. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like he had time. I think he was, like, he was like testing to see yeah. what, what the yeah. limit was, and then no one paid attention to him. <laughs> then he said, gone. there is no limit, actually. What I, I thought you were going to say, though, when you began a sentence with how happy did it make you, yeah. I assumed we were about to talk about the New York Yankees. No, that's saving that for the end. Oh, okay. We're saving the Yankees thing for the end, because that's uh, obviously. How many, by show of hands, how many Yankee fans are in the crowd tonight? Oh, there's a whole family uh, of them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you they're for coming. coming uh, <laughs> no, I don't like this, though, because they're over here on the left. They're, like, flanking me. They're flanking. They're, that like, is, there's a pincer movement. I was going to say, that is come. sort of the sort of the Abe Lincoln corner right there. Just, you know, I never know. Um, <laughs> it's working. Um, all right, Dodgers-Giants are going on now. I assume yeah. they might still be going. Well, I don't know if they'll be going on. Uh, no, they will. They'll be going on when this appears. As we were recording this, Giants, uh, Logan Webb shut them down last night to, to win game yeah. one. Game two is tonight. So game two is tonight. Then there'll be a day off, and game three will be Monday if this actually runs on Monday. So we, the series will be going on one way or another. But uh, apparently the Giants seem serious about convincing us that they're actually good. I, 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 don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> still, <laughs> I'm still... Look, tonight... So, so we're doing this on Saturday, and tonight they're playing game two, and Kevin Gossman is their starter, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're serious. That really is their starter. They're, they're, that's not like a – it's not a feint. They really are putting Kevin Gossman out there it's as their, their starter. It's their starter, and they feel good about it. And they feel that's good the about it, and they yeah. should because he had a great year. Yeah. But he's Kevin Gossman. Well, here's, here's, there's a, this is a weird moment in Dodger uh, – in the, this Dodgers era for a number of reasons. First of all, this year – they lost Dustin May for the entire year. That's right. They lost uh, Trevor Bauer, who turns out to be an awful creep. Yeah, that's right. For the entire year. Yeah. Mookie missed 40 missed a bunch games, of games, 50 yeah. games, whatever. Yeah. Bellinger has, like, broke his leg and forgot and how to play baseball. At yeah. the same time, yeah. 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 Um, so he's basically given them nothing. That's right. They still won 106 games. Yep. But then at the very end, Kershaw goes down right. with an injury. And Max Muncy, Muncy yeah. goes down with an injury. And last night... Watching Logan Webb throw, throw like seventy-five consecutive slider right to that lineup, and them all swinging past it, you couldn't help but wonder if things are different. If if Max Muncy, their best left-handed hitter, is in the lineup, maybe not. Maybe maybe he buries those sliders down uh, I, and in, and Muncy misses all of them too. But look, Muncy was probably that team MVP. I was actually yeah. thinking, obviously Kershaw because of his place in history. Uh, and by the way, he is in uh, the Baseball 100. I don't know if you knew this. I wrote a book. You've never mentioned this. I know. And it's called the Baseball 100, okay. and uh, it's the 100 Greatest Players Ever. Is that different from the Baseball 300 that Tim McCarver wrote that I just saw for sale on the, uh, no, the gift it was, shop? No, you're, you're confusing that with Tim Kirkuchin's Baseball 500. <laughs> baseball 500, that's right. <laughs> that he wrote. Uh, so Clayton Kershaw's in that. But so Clayton Kershaw, from a historic perspective, obviously it's a, it's a bigger deal. Um, what number is he? You don't, don't know, know these often. You gotta I, have a I, list I, memorized, I, I, man. I, I don't have my list memorized. Oh, I, he's like seventy-six. That's or pretty good. He's still only thirty-four. Or yeah, something, no, right? no. Look, he's he's pretty high up there. 
Now, as I understand it, you're going to put out a new edition every year where you completely rewrite the entire thing and move the numbers around. Is that correct? I was thinking of doing it every six months, <laughs> but, but I could do it every year. Yeah, I, I think, um, but here's the thing. This is what this was my point. I think Max Muncy's a much bigger loss. I do too. Right? I yes. mean, I think I think Kershaw... Especially in the playoffs in the sh in where you can throw guys on shorter rest and right. whatever. Like, no, I think Muncy, Muncy's their best hitter. Certainly their best left-handed hitter. Uh, the, the Giants' best pitchers are right-handed. Right. Like, yes. And so I, I think that's I when I re when I saw that Muncie was out indefinitely, I thought the Dodgers are in huge trouble. And that was yeah. But but you brought up something about the Dodgers that's probably worth mentioning, even though we don't know that this is going to happen. Should the Dodgers um, lose to the Giants mm -hmm. or lose at some point in this early playoffs? We could look back at this year, this five-year run of theirs, and just go, what in the world happened? Yes, or you could look at it and say, those poor SOBs. Yeah, well, man. both. It's both. Because, so, if you go back and think of, so this, we're, we're thinking of the core, of this is like the second half of Kershaw's chunk here. I right? think we're talking about Bellinger's rookie year. Bellinger. Bellinger's rookie year. It's so the Bellinger, Justin Turner. That's right. Um, uh, who else matters? Like, I mean... They haven't. They've had different catchers. It's well, those, Kenley. It's Kenley, right? It's those yeah. guys. Yeah. That core, yeah. right? So they 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 win a hundred games. That's right. In twenty eighteen. Twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen. So right. Right. And they play in the World Series. That's right. Seven game. Uh, Seven classic game series classic series against the Astros. The, the cheater who Astros probably cheated. <laughs> right. Twenty eighteen. They win a hundred games. That's right. They get to the World Series and they run into a hundred and eight win buzzsaw. Red Sox called team. the Boston Red Sox. Yes. Twenty nineteen. Yep. I don't remember how many games they won. Did they win 100 games that year? They, they won the division. Whatever. They, they won the division, division easily. Yeah, easily. And they run into the hottest team, the, a team that got hotter in that chunk, in that in like August, September, October than any team we've ever seen, maybe, right. the Washington Nationals. Right, who started 19 and 31 yes. and, and whatever. And yeah. the Nationals just like blow through them. Yeah. They win in 2020 when no one cares because it's a 60-game season. That's right. But at least Kershaw got his ring. And now in 2021, they went defending their title. They won 106 games and can't even <laughs> win their division and have to play the Giants after a one-game wild card against the Cardinals. It's really, that's really bad luck. Yeah. Like the, the if you look back at the the Yankee dynasty, which is probably the only team that was as good over a five-year stretch as this Dodgers team has been yeah. in the regular season. They played bad teams in the playoffs. Oh, they yeah. very frequently played a very bad team. Multiple bad teams in the either in the run of the series. I don't think there were they, good teams around them. I don't either. The '98 that '98 team played the Padres. The Padres who were who were bad. Right. Well, the, okay, the '96 team. So you can just do it. The '96 team did the play Braves. a great Braves team. That was a very good Braves but team. That, that was out. also a Braves team that won the first two games in Yankee Stadium, yeah. and then had like a thousand run lead that Mark Wolders blew in yeah. Game Four or whatever. Yeah. But uh, 98, they played the Padres. Right, 98, they were the best. That was their crazy, their best yeah. year. Right? They played the Padres. Right. 99, they played the Braves again. Right. And that's not... A uh, less good Braves team. Less good Braves team, where, where Maddox and, and those guys are not the same. Right. 2000, they played the Mets. Yeah. You know? The Mets. The Mets. And then... <laughs> The Mets. That's a, that's a, <laughs> they played a triple-A team. They played the Mets. They did, they did have to get through Seattle. That year, right? Or the, the next year, sorry, 2001. 2001, they had to get, to get And 2001, they were not that good. They they were right. 
They were like an 89 They were an 80, yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the year that they snuck in and that's then right. did what they always did, which was march the World Series. <laughs> right. And then that was the uh, and that was Mariano the, year against Luis Gonzalez. Against, but that was, but, but that's the Diamondbacks. That, that's Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. <laughs> they played a double-A team in the World Series. They played a triple-A team in 2000 and a double-A team in 2001. By the way, do you know that in that Mets-Yankees series of 2000, Roger Clemens threw a bat at Mike Piazza? Yes, and then Piazza got <laughs> warned by the ump. That was the most. That's the most amazing part. I, I can never think about that series or talk about that series. Okay. Without say. Really. Okay. Quick. New segment. New segment. How insane was the 2000 World Series moment where Roger Clemens threw the bat at yes. Mike Piazza? That's right. New segment. Two things. Okay. That we you have to talk about when this comes up. Number one is that that the ump warns Piazza. <laughs> That he, the ump, the, Roger Clemens picked up a deadly weapon, a thing that if a thing that if you threw at someone on the streets of any city in America, that's right, you would be arrested for <laughs> aggravated assault. Yes, yes, a, a sharp giant piece of wood that's <laughs> jagged and sharp. He threw it at another guy, and the ump went over and warned that. That's guy. right, that's right. The second thing is that when the camera zooms into Clemens, Clemens very clearly says, "I thought it was the ball." Yes, yes. Now. <laughs> Sub subheading yes. within I thought it was the ball. Two things to say about that. Right. Number one, balls and bats are <laughs> shaped differently. They are. Yes. I've heard this. And Roger Clemens's job is to hold a ball <laughs> and throw it. That's right. And a thing he never did was hold a bat. That's right. So the idea that he thought it was a ball <laughs> strains credibility, let's I, say. Let's say it's a little... It's, it's unlikely it's, it's not, that he really thought it was the that's ball. That's right. Thing number two, subsection yeah. two, if you thought it was the ball, why did you throw it at him? Like, if you thought that was the ball and you thought, oh, I need to, I'm a, I'm a baseball player. That's right. I need to field this. That's a ball. That's, that jagged piece of wood that's coming towards me is a ball. That's right. So my job is to field it and yes. throw it to first base That's right. to get him out. Yeah. Instead, I'm going to throw it at the guy who hit it. <laughs> that's right. Like, that's his defense. That yeah. was his defense. See, and it worked. Well, <laughs> they didn't throw him out of the game. Didn't even come close. No. They never even thought about it. That is so crazy. All right, so what's crazier? Mistaking a sharp bat that, for a ball. That is. Whatever, you, whatever option no, you choose, no. that's number two. Or... Thinking it's 1884, and if you throw the ball at the batter, <laughs> he's out. Maybe yes. that's what he's he was playing. Thinking. He's playing old, old uh, John McGraw Stadium. That's rules. right. That's right. Oh, if I if I hit the runner with the ball there, forthwith. But my my like all of that is so perfect. But my moment from that is in the press conference afterwards. Joe Torre was like, of course, being peppered with questions yes. about it, and he was outraged. I rate. Yeah. That people were at, and he said, "Are you telling me you think he threw the bat to hit Mike Piazza? You tell me that. That's literally to a reporter. Yeah. And I mean, I was not that reporter. I wish I was because I would have been like, right, I, yeah. yeah, because yeah. that's what he did. Yeah, I there's saw vi that. there's video of it, Joe. We saw like it. Ha we saw it happen. He picked up a jagged bat and threw it at Mike Piazza. Like that's the uh, that's a description yes. of the event that, that occurred. That is that is what actually happened. So all the Yankee fans are so angry right now. Are you, are, are you are you are you mad at They're us? Aren't so you? furious. Well, say something nice. Some about of them the are Yankees. too young. Some of them don't no, even remember this. They've seen it on YouTube. Maybe go look it up. It's insane. It's, he should have been thrown out of the game. Yeah, steroids are a hell of a drug, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. it's uh, you know you're not in control. You I wish not. that had been Tori's. That would have been great. He's like, look, listen, guy, look, he, guys, he is injecting so much stuff into his body. He doesn't know which end is up. 
<laughs> Look, believe me, when you inject the kind of stuff he was you injecting, see you'll some think of the bat he, is a ball. He, you will think he that. He extracted something from the pineal gland of a jaguar <laughs> and he jammed it into his thigh. And like, who knows? Who yeah, knows? Who knows? Come on, guys. Give the guy a break. Guys, I mean, He's got jaguar thyroid juice Believe in his me, blood. we see worse stuff in this locker room all the time. He's thrown bats at me. <laughs> You know, who among us hasn't had a bat? Every guy on his team has had Clemens attack him with something. <laughs> All right, wait, what were we talking about, though? No, this is it. It's the new Roger Clemens segment All right. that we're doing okay, every so week. So we're done with that segment. <laughs> we're done with that segment. All right, so, so but will that count? Because we do have to finish off uh, our baseball segment, go out to our draft. Uh, does that count as our Yankee segment? No, we have to talk about the joy of the Yankees losing. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I had mentioned to you, I'm backtracking now, that I thought you were going to talk about how joyous it was. Yes. We should, wait, is, there must be other playoff stuff to clean up really quickly. What are we, well, we have Braves, Brewers, Yeah, kind of I don't remember, I'm not talking about Brewers that. Brewers are going to no, win. Don't care. Uh, what do we have? Oh, we have Red Sox. I do like that Brewers team, though. I do want to say that. I mean, I, again, I really, I know you do because yeah. of that, but I mean, Corbin Burns is like a force. This this, this Bruins team, uh, Bruins. This and the Bruins. Bruins, also. Bruins. Yeah. Let's talk hockey real quick. <laughs> We're here. Hockey. We might as well. <laughs> How are the Coyotes this yeah, year? Yeah, come on. Do you know? Is come on. Predators. This Brewers team did all of this with Yelich being terrible. Yes. This whole That's year. right. That's kind of amazing. Like it is amazing. He's yeah. a, like a, I I they they are the exact analog of the White Sox, right? Where like their division stinks. So they run away with their division. No one's paying attention to them. They're super good. They yeah. have the they have the arguably the best rotation of any playoff team. I would say you could make that argument. I think they do. I and think they've got the best three. Yeah, for sure. and then they and they they cruise to the title. So they everybody's rested. Like they're sneaky. I said I think I might have said this on a podcast a month ago. They're they're like the sneaky. If you're like a if you're a betting man and you want a long shot to yeah. win the World Series, that's a good bet, sneaky bet. bet. The Brewers. That's yeah. a good sneaky bet. Well, since you mentioned it, we should point out one other thing. Uh, and that is the White Sox Astros series. And here was something. So I don't know if you, this ever happens to you. Like sometimes if I go into a, a, a game or a series where I don't have particularly strong feelings for either team, mm -hmm. I will find out which team I'm rooting for when the game actually starts. Okay. You'll get a vibe. I'll get a vibe. Like I'll be watching like, oh, okay, it's it's uh, it's Arizona against uh, Minnesota. What do, what do I care? And then I'll watch and I'll find myself eventually kind of moving in I'm kind you'll, of rooting you'll for... You'll find a narrative. Exactly. I'm like, ah, I mean, I'm rooting for Arizona. I like that quarterback. I like that. Whatever. Something like that. I went into this Astros-White Sox series feeling, all right, I like Dusty a lot. Sure. But that Astros team, I mean, come on. I'm not rooting for that Astros team. I love the White Sox. Love that team. Sure. I'm not rooting for Tony La Russa. <laughs> like, there's no chance. So I went in going, all right, I don't really know who I'm going to root for in this series because, because I you know, feel uh, really conflicted about both teams. And the series started, and the Astros scored like 90 runs in the first inning. Yeah. And I went, oh, I'm rooting for the Astros. Yeah. As I was so happy. You texted me one inning in and said, I'm a, I get Lewis out of there. I'm so happy. <laughs> I, and look, and, and this is not, you know, Tony La Russa is in this Hall of Fame. Correct. Called a genius on his plaque, like mm -hmm. a like a man maneuvering genius or yeah. whatever. Um, he's in this Hall of Fame. It deserves to be. He was he's one of the all time great managers. But I've had enough. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I, it's it's time. It's yeah. time. You know. And and by the way, if they do lose, if they do get swept, they might be done by the time this podcast appears. If they do get swept, that Tony Russo hire was a failure. Yeah, man. That's rough. That is, it looks rougher every day. Right. That quote, he, he had a quote about Michael Kopech 
yeah. and why he didn't use him. That was he said, if I had thought Michael Kovac would help us win the game, we would have put him in the game. Yeah, I was like, well, you brought in a different guy and he gave him five <laughs> runs. So <laughs> what are, what are we saying? Yeah, I I think of it this way: it's hard to root for the Astros. It's hard to root for the White Sox. Yes, right. So you know, in a coin flip in football. Teams have three choices. That's right. They can receive the ball. Yep. They can kick the ball. Yep. Or they can defer the choice. I like defer. Which, but deferring the choice is insane. Yes. It's not. The teams always, when teams say they defer, yeah. I believe they're making a huge critical error. Oh. Because deferring the choice, I believe, I could be wrong. I've done zero research on this, <laughs> but I believe it means you can choose. It does. If you want to kick, you have to say we're kicking. If you want to receive, you have to say I'm receiving. If you say defer, I believe the actual definition in the rule book, it has come to mean we're kicking. It's right. come to mean you're saying we're deferring no, the we're ball. Defer- no, no, no. No, deferring is I'm deferring to the second half. That's what deferring means. But, I'm. We get the decision at the second half. That's what deferring means. Okay. Yeah. Fine. It's not deferring. But, but why are you, then what's the difference? Why don't you just say I'm kicking? Why because is if you kick, then they get the choice in the second half. But, right, so you, so, but that's what you both. assume will happen. You'll kick, and then they'll... No, no, no. But then, oh, and they, then they get, get say the you, choice oh, in they, the second oh. half. So they can receive both halves. Okay. That's actually happened in a playoff game. In a playoff game, instead of deferring, they said, we're going to kick. And and uh, the guy said, okay. And they kicked. In, oh, and in, oh, in, I see. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the confusion. Okay. There you go. My, the point was, now this analogy falls apart. What I wanted to say was, when it comes to a matchup like this, what I what I feel is I defer. You defer. I just I'm like I don't want to choose which of these teams ah. I'm rooting for. So just whatever happens. I happens. wish I could defer. Yes. So it's like I'm 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 removing. I am Switzerland in this. I just I like it. One team is going to lose, and I will find a reason to enjoy the fact that that team has lost. That's okay. how I think of it. I like that. Yeah. So if the Astros win, I want Dusty to win. I, I really do. I mean, Dusty is the well. Guy. If you have an active rooting interest, I do have. A, well, healthy. but I have an active rooting interest, and I really like that White Sox team. Yeah, I know you love that team. I, mean, I that love team. that team. I was I I before the season, before they hired the Russo, I wanted them to win it all. Right. And now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of power. Just 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 one guy can yeah, wreck everything. Yeah, like it's that. a lot of evil, lot un, of <laughs> unpleasant power. Evil juju. All right. So now we we filter back now to. To Yankees, Red Sox. Glory, the glory. This this side of the room can just chill for a second. <laughs> the 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 joy of the Yankees losing. That's right. Okay, so I I was thinking about how to explain my personal feelings about the Yankees, specifically Yankees in the playoffs. Even more specifically, Yankees Red Sox one game playoff. Right. Okay. This is the simplest way I can put it. Okay. Before the game, my mood. Or my like, uh, my vibe, my aura. If you had to sort of come up with an analogy for it, it would be the scene in um, when Robert De Niro uh, playing Al Capone yep. is is uh, has a bat. That's and he's right. talking about teamwork. Remember yep. this? Yep. Uh, and he's and he's walking around, and then he bashes a dude's head in. Yeah. And he says, "I want him dead. I want his family <laughs> dead. I want everyone he knows dead." That scene. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's how I feel. That's okay, the, like okay. I like I I feel like rage filled, and like if some if the wrong person looks at me, yeah, or or mouths off, right? I'm I'm gonna bash their head in with a bat. Like that, yeah, I'm not actually gonna do that. To be clear, I, that's how I. Feel, that's how you feel, right? Plus, you don't have a bat. <laughs> I have many bats, <laughs> but after the the Yankees lose. My mood can best be described as the end of It's a Wonderful Life 
when George Bailey oh, is running through the town. Yeah. And he's just like, hello, everyone. Oh, like, oh, movie house. Oh, like, just like waving and like falling down in the snow and not caring and making snow angels and yeah. just like hugging yeah. everyone yeah. And, and people going, what's gotten into you? And it's uh, ah, just a beautiful day. Like, it goes. And so, like, that I was, I was De Niro in The Untouchables. Right. Steadily throughout the whole day. Okay. Like, and, and like doing my best to like not interact with other people That's just right. like uh, because something terrible could happen yeah and then the second that really it started when like verdugo singled and they and they went up six to one and uh, and then maybe like when the first out of the ninth happened and it was clear that like it was going to be okay i became george bailey at the end of it's a wonderful <laughs> life and i've been there ever since you have, yeah and like the rays win game one five nothing and a Rosarena steals home, and I'm just like, hello, Randy a Rosarena. How you again? You're incredible. I love watching you play baseball. Like, just I've not, I've not come down from that high. And I understand to answer all of your next question. I understand this is not healthy. I understand. I, I'm a 45 year old man. I'm married happily. I have two beautiful children. Yes. I have a, a career. Yep. I have other interests. I read, Joe. I you read do. books. I've heard that. I collect books. I I, I like to travel. Yes. I have There's all these aspects of my life that are so fulfilling and joyous. And yet, in those moments when I think the Red Sox are going to lose to the Yankees, I am a murderous <laughs> lunatic. And I and I don't and at this point my own, the only logical conclusion is it's never going to change. No, it's right? not changing. Because now what we're talking about is to be clear, eight out of the last nine Red Sox Yankees playoff games have gone my way. That's right. The sweep the the four game sweep in 04 after they were down 03. They won three out of uh, four uh, in uh, in the 2018 playoffs. That's right. uh, and then this and then this game that's, that's eight right. out of nine. Eight out of the last nine times. I could have been De Niro in The Untouchables or George Bailey. I've ended up George Bailey. Yeah. That's pretty good. And it's still, I'm right back. I'm <laughs> right back in the murderous rage every single time. So I, I, I think the only logical conclusion is it's my problem. Yeah. It's something I'll have to deal with the rest of my life. And, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. So during the Tampa Bay Red Sox game one, during that game. Yeah. So you are, at this point, in your hello old movie house stage. You're mm -hmm. very happy. I'm super happy. You're super happy. And the Red Sox go down in that game to a very good raised team, which you fully expected, mm -hmm. as you have said numerous times. And Brandon McCarthy and I start getting texts from you. And these texts are not related to the Tampa Bay-Boston uh, series. Right. They are all about the Yankees' payroll and how much trouble they are in going mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure that the that the De Niro character ever fully leaves you. No, but here's but here's the thing. Those texts weren't murderous, were no, they? No, no, they were they happy. Were, right, because what was happening was I was watching the game and the Rays were winning, and I was like, well, the Rays are better. That's a they're a better team. They're right. gonna win this series. Right. I still think they're gonna win the series. And then I was like, you know what is so great though? <laughs> Is that Aaron Judge is, is ARB three next yeah, year, and they gonna, paid him ten and a half this year. He's a twenty-two, twenty-three million dollar player next year, and God, look at Stanton. Oh, this is so great. Stanton's <laughs> being paid thirty million a year for like seven more years, and like and, and Garrett it, Cole, who threw two innings in that game yeah. and had to be pulled because he gave up two homers. God, they're paying him so much money for so long, and I just 
opened up Cots baseball contracts, <laughs> and I just laid, and I, I, I took a screenshot and I marked it up for you. Yeah, you did. You marked it literally I marked, I was like, with highlighted the ones yeah. that really made you happy. Yeah. And I wrote the word trouble with an arrow pointing to different things. <laughs> this and is all true. So this is, that, that's, this not, is that's not Capone. That's not the Untouchables Capone that you saw there. Oh, that, no, but that's George but, Bailey. It's George Bailey as Capone. I mean, like, well, like, maybe a little Capone is like seeping in there, but like that's that's me happy. That's like, oh, look, it gets better and better. Think about what are they going to do with Gary Sanchez? Are they going to non-tender him? That would be great. Yeah. Or, or are they going to pay him twenty million? That would also be great. That does seem a little bit psychopathic. I'm just oh, saying. But, that's what, but that was my point. Were you listening to me? That's what I said. <laughs> this is my problem. It's my it's my cross to bear, and, and it's never going to change. No, it's never going to change Yeah. at this point. But that's good. By the way, what did you think of that New York Post back cover after? Uh, it wasn't quite harsh enough for my taste. <laughs> what, so, what do they call him? Uh, Garrett effing Cole? Garrett, or something? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but like usually, the place to go if you hate the Yankees uh, always, when they lose a big game, is the New York tabloids. Because uh, as a former resident of New York, I uh, I would only buy the New York tabloids on days when something bad happened That's right. to the team, because uh, they're awful, disgusting rags. And uh, and so immediate, my first stop after a game like that is that you go to the Post. Oh yeah, you go to the Daily, Daily News. News. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and th- they were. I was a little disappointed in their effort this year. <laughs> they didn't quite. They didn't. They didn't. It was like a, they didn't have the heart to they, like really rip them to shreds. In the oh, way I don't know. Did. I mean, they 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 literally. What did they call Garrett Cole? They called him. Uh, uh, the Yankees knew, uh, like they, they albatross or something. They, or they like, were like, yeah, something. They, they basically mean, talked about how small he. I think come to up. the average fan, the amount of Yankee bashing that the Cowboys did was probably sufficient. For me, <laughs> I want like a special edition of the post to come out that's nothing but just nothing but yeah, angry. Yeah, just fury from from page one, and I'll read every word. <laughs> let me uh, let me see what that uh, thing was. Garrett bleeping Cole. $324 million ace, the anti-dent, as he etches his name on the wrong side of Yanks Red Sox lore. The anti-dent. <laughs> the anti-dent. Garrett Cole is 700,000 times better than Bucky That's Dent. That's why he's the anti-dent. <laughs> God bless you, New York tablet. Oh, I love you, I New mean, York that is so dumb. Oh, wait, but- you know what? I've never read the bottom of this figure. Let's see. Bucky Dent and Aaron Boone have a certain middle name among Red Sox fans. Sure. Garrett Cole may have won among Yankee faithful after giving up two homers and three runs and two plus innings, burying the Bombers in an early hole ending in their season-ending wild card. That's so joyful. This is like, That's that, just, that, you reading that out loud is like a transcendental meditation <laughs> app. It's just like, I'm just like, I'm right now I'm like, I'm in a spa. There should be an anti-Yankees nap app, oh right? Like God. that you just like listen to it. Just, just, re- just listening just to like reports of worry. Game you know, 5. Beautiful of the- voice just saying, you know. Don't worry, it's fine. Or just like they Mike Vaccaro saying it, just like in a thick New York I'm going to have Mike do that. I'm going to have Mike record us a nap app that just goes, the Yankees haven't won since 2009. Uh, you know, uh, just just fall asleep yeah. gently. Just like just just sit, like a, like sitting on a yoga mat, just listening to that for hours. All right, we are doing a draft. It's right. time for our draft. This is going to be super fun. And the great thing is that uh, we always do no research for our drafts. But this one in particular, we're going to have to just basically go off of memory because I didn't yeah. write anything down. So we are going to draft the coolest things we have seen here at the Hall of Fame. Is that right? That's right. Now, we have not gone, you have not gone, 
on the full tour. By the way, tell them the last time you were here. I haven't been here since I was almost exactly my son's age, which is 13 years yeah. old. This is the first time, so 40, or whatever, 32 years. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And But we did get to go on a great tour uh, beforehand, led by our good friend Tom Schieber, who is actually here watching this uh, because he doesn't know what he's doing. And, um, and so we got to go on a tour and see some cool stuff. I know we're going to see more cool stuff later, but... Yeah. But let's talk about some of the cool stuff we've seen. All right, so I, I'm going to give you the first oh, pick. Thank you. Yeah, because there's an obvious first pick. There's an obvious first pick. The obvious first pick is we saw a bat being used by Ted Williams in a game against the Browns in 1951. 1951, in which he faced Satchel Paige. That's right. Struck out, got very angry. Apparently, <laughs> slammed the bat against something. There's like two big dents in the bat. Broke the bat, and that bat is signed. By Satchel Page. Yeah. So reconstruct this in your mind. Ted Williams, not quite in his absolute prime, but pretty close to his absolute the 51 prime. 51 is, really, is still, pretty good. Still great, yeah. Uh, between the wars, between World War II and Korea, Ted Williams faces the St. Louis Browns. He faces Satchel Page, who at the time we figured out is 46. 46 yeah, 46. A 46 or 47-year-old Satchel Page strikes out Ted Williams, yes. who's so furious that he breaks his own bat <laughs> and then is so enamored with how Satchel Page pitched to him, he goes back and gets Satchel Page to sign the bat. That rules. That's, a, that's an incredible it's... item that exists right here in this in this Hall of Fame. And, and by the way, is in the archives. It doesn't even make the doesn't even make the main floor. Yeah, yeah. Like you should there should be a second wing of the museum based on that. Just that object. alone, yeah. right? Like that's just, just that, that item in a, with a spotlight shining on it. <laughs> like the Mona Lisa. Like the Mona Lisa. <laughs> but that's what's so amazing about this place. Like, we go into a room where, like, the most incredible things are all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and it is the backstage tour. We, we were lucky enough to go to get the backstage tour. But, I mean, they've got stuff here that's just, it's too much. They have yeah. too much stuff, which is why they're giving us a whole bunch of it. They gave me very, that bat. It was very nice. They were like, just take that it. We very, don't need it. We've got like 60 of these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, my first pick is not something I saw today, uh, but something I saw uh, the first time I went on that backstage tour where we were... Uh, Wait a second, you're drawing in other stuff from other times well, you've been sure, here? sure, because I've been here... This like feels like cheating. I've been here like 10 times. I mean, what do you want me to do? Yeah, but this, the draft isn't like we don't the have, coolest I stuff don't... we've ever seen. It's yeah, like, it is. No, it's oh. every stuff we've ever well, seen. Well, you've had an enormous advantage in this draft. You have to admit that. You have an enormous advantage. You've been here 10 times. I've been here once in 30 years. Yeah, no, I, I'm winning this oh, draft. This um, so I'm getting Goodell to weigh in on this. <laughs> no, but I have to say this story. I'm, I'm going to stick with everything else after this, with what we saw today. But I'm going to say this because it's so cool. We were going through, um, you know, the, the you know, the, the, they're very nice to put some stuff out for us to see, which is incredible. And we saw some stuff out. And then it's like, Okay, let's go look through some boxes and some things and find other cool things. And we're going through some little section and opened it up, and uh, it was Wonder Boy, the bat from the natural. And uh, yeah, that's just just finding it was again. Now I believe it is in Tom is is nodding to me, which tells me it is actually in. So all of you. Find Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy is in the first person who finds Wonder Boy and comes. No, I'm not. I don't. Have a, I don't, I don't have a, anything to give. But um, but you give him a copy of the Baseball 500. It's 100. I'm sorry, 100. <laughs> Again, Kirk. Why did you fun. stop at 100? 
My wife said, why did you? Why is it not the baseball 50? I mean, she was like, this is taking up way too much of your time. You got to do the baseball. It's ba- 900 you do, pages. You got to you know do that, the right? baseball 10,000. 10, and just get like number 9,640 is Jody Reed. Jody Reed. And then people would be like, boo. Like, <laughs> right, he's, right, he's, like, write like 7,000 words about <laughs> Jody Reed. <laughs> that, okay. Okay. Serious pitch. Uh-oh. For the whatever, the re-release, the paperback edition, the 10th okay. anniversary, whatever. Yeah. Write an addendum where you pick 10 players at random, calculate where they are <laughs> in the entire history. Right. And then and then add those pages. So you can say all new updated material, whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's basically so get, saying you, like, yeah. like 796. Cal Eldred is number yeah. 5,000. Marty, Marty Barrett is like number 793 or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. That, that's, that's my pitch for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Make right. it, I'm not going to help you. But I'm you going to say, uh, I'll take that under consideration. All right, so you blatantly cheating. No, and, that's not cheating at all. It is che- absolutely it's stuff cheating. stuff I saw here at the Hall of Fame. That was the rule. Uh, all right. Uh, I saw my son smile at me, and that was amazing. That's Do your I, number that two count? pick? No, I'm just saying. No, that, that was your number two pick. It counts. It's just uh, a bad pick. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Honus Wagner bat. We also saw Oh, Honus, that was really cool. Honus Wagner bat, um, which is <clears throat> weighed 46 ounces. 46 ounces, and the the handle of it is so much less tapered yes. than what you think of as a bat, in part because dead ball era. I think it's huge. It, 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 you, you had to swing a tree trunk. It's like the Bugs Bunny cartoon. You yes. had to swing a tree trunk at the ball to make it go anywhere. But also, that bat is whatever. That's 110 years old, yeah. I guess. And it's in great condition. Yeah, it was. Right. It looked you like it could like be you used. Could use it. Yeah, it felt like you could use it today. <clears throat> but to, he, to hold that bat... To think like this is a bat Honus Wagner used uh, 110 years ago. That's that's mind blowing. Just just incredible. And and the thing is, I mean, describe how thick that it's, thing is. Uh, it's 15 percent less like a, thick than the barrel. It's like, like a, a bowling. It's like a bowling it, pin. It's yeah, like holding it's a bowling. It's essentially pin. a cylinder. Yeah. it's like a cylinder with yeah. a very slight taper at the yeah. very end. That's super. Heavy. They gave me that bat too. I got to keep that one too. That was and really gave, nice. We got like of that. we got 100 of these Honus. How Wagner are you going to get all this stuff back? I don't know. I might just leave it here. <laughs> it's kind just, of a pain to travel with. I was going to you know? say, it'd be tough to bring with you. All right, with my second pick, so now I'll, I'll, I'll stick with stuff here since you're so jumpy about it. Um, I'm going to go with the score sheet that Russ Hodges uh, used. Oh, oh no, that is on my list. Oh, is that, is, I just, I've jotted a couple things down. Do oh, yeah, I'm see, right. I don't do anything. I'm doing go it ahead. on top of my head. <clears throat> they have here the score sheet that Russ Hodges was using when uh, the Giants won the pennant in 51, and that famous Giants win the pennant, Giants win the pennant. Russ Hodges was the announcer uh, that was screaming that. Um, And it's really cool, but the coolest thing of all is, of course, he started screaming the Giants win the pennant after Bobby Thompson hit a home run uh, to win the game, and the Bobby Thompson home run itself is not filled in because he was so busy Screaming. Jumping up and down and screaming. Jumping up and down and now, screaming. Now, I assume he was fired for that, right? That For that, they, for that they, unprofessionalism? Yeah, or they put him in the Hall of Fame. One, one or the <laughs> other happened. Um, Tom thinks it's a bad call. To draft this? No, Tom thinks it's a bad call. The oh, yeah. Oh, the, the Giants win the pennant. Come yeah. on. It's amazing. It's an amazing call. Come on. Come on. It's a, Come on, Tom. The emotion. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think if you did it now, it would stink. But at the time, no, it would be just as great now. You think so? Oh my gosh, yeah. What okay. If, if Joe Buck just started screaming, have we drafted greatest calls? Have we ever done that? We should have done that by now. Well, 
we're at Metalark now. We can do anything yeah, we want. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, I feel like if you made a list of, of greatest baseball, calls. Just baseball. Just said. baseball calls. Okay, yeah. If you made that list now, that's on the list. Oh, it's on the list. And it's probably pretty high. Yeah. But I think if you did it now, I think the, I think the, uh, the, the medium, the, the video, part of that call is the grainy black and white that's right. nature of the video. That's right. I think if you had a full color HD video of that event and the person was just going, basically, that happened, that thing <laughs> happened that you saw, like, I, I think it would be a little less great. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we're talking great calls. Two of the greatest calls ever were on the same play. We're on the, uh, the uh, Kirk Gibson right. home run, and that is pure silence from uh, Vince Scully. Mm -hmm. And then Ben Scully says, in the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened, right. right? And on radio, Jack Buck is screaming, I don't believe what, what I, I just saw, yeah. right? And But that tells you the difference of the mediums. Yeah, I don't know that I don't believe what I just saw works if it's on television. Interesting. Right? Because we all saw it. Yeah, but you might also think, like, I don't either. You might. Well, you no, might I'm saying, but I think it, it, on radio, it, I heard it on radio. I was not, I was actually driving... And I heard. Were it. you the guy in the in the parking lot who slammed on his brakes? <laughs> was, wonder, do people know this story? This is the, my, the greatest thing ever. Tell when, that story. When Gibson hits the home run in '88 off of Eckersley, uh, I'm from LA. I go to a lot of Dodger games. Dodger fans leave early. You have to. If you don't, you you you'll never you will home. be you'll be found in your car, <laughs> still in a traffic jam, and you'll just be a skeleton because you will have starved starved to death. That's right. So you have to leave early. So someone left early. Uh, and uh, when you watch the actual video of the ball flying out to right center in the distance, in the parking lot of Dodger Stadium, you see a car slam on its brakes <laughs> and the red taillights come on because they were clearly listening to the radio call and realized they had just made the worst mistake <laughs> of their professional sports watching lives. It's so, I feel so sad for whoever that is. I mean, that stinks. That does stink, but on the other hand... It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Come on. <laughs> it is game one of the World Series. It's yeah. worth... Being, but um, I what I imagine is it's some rich lawyer who was just like. That's why nah. we don't feel sad. Yeah. yeah, I I went to game, uh, I went to game one of the '99 ALCS Red Sox Yankees ALCS, and I was sitting. I, I was working at Saturday Night Live at the time, and I had Lauren Michaels' seats, which are in the front row behind uh, home plate, which is which is incredible, and that area. This is m more so now, but at the time, this was also true. Those seats are all just like rich bankers who never go to games. And right. when you watch Yankee games now, sorry, when you watch Yankee <laughs> games now, that whole area is empty yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's because it's it's just Goldman Sachs owns seventy seats, right? And they're they don't care, and so they don't go. And it, and it stinks for the fans because the most prime real estate in the stadium is never occupied. That's right. It's a real bummer. Um, but the point is, is that the, in, the, in that game, uh, the Red Sox jumped out to a lead in like the second inning and some rich jerk banker behind me was like, I didn't drive in all the way from Westchester just to see them lose. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? Get out of here. You don't belong here. Like this guy hadn't seen a baseball game in 20 years. You could just tell. He, he, didn't, he was like someone gave him the tickets or like his firm gave him the tickets. And he and still he didn't like, want to go. And it was the second <laughs> inning. And of course, by the way, they won. Bernie Williams had a walk-off. I'm still angry to all of you for that. Bernie Williams hit <laughs> a walk-off home run yes. against Rod Beck in the 10th. It's their fault. Uh, you're, you're saying you're not a Yankee fan? They. And they're sitting in front of the Yankee That's, fans. There you go. And they should. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, All right, I forget I'm just, what I was saying. I'm just going to tell you this because this is this is something we're going to have to start doing at Metal Arc. 
we got to pick it up. <laughs> All right, we got to pick it up. Here we go. All right, uh, so wait, you. So we're on pick number three. You're on number three. Yes. All right, I'm picking the Moonlight Graham photo. Oh. So there's a great photo from Moonlight Graham. Uh, so my current TV project that I'm working on now is I'm adapting the movie Field of Dreams into a series, limited series for for Peacock. It'll be out in uh, like a hundred years. Applause, It'll be applause for that. Yeah. So it'll be out in 2023, but the Moonlight Graham, if you, for those of you who don't remember, is the guy who uh, got into one game, uh, never got to hit. Burt Lancaster plays him in the movie, That's and Frank right. Whaley plays young Moonlight Graham, and he, he gets to the field and hits like a sack fly. Sack fly, and then he grows eight inches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, there is a photo in the archives of an old team from Scranton, which is weird because I also wrote for The Office. Um, but there's a, a a team from Scranton, a, a bunch of players, and one of them is actually Moonlight Graham. The real Moonlight Graham. The actual Grant. real guy. He was a real guy. He's in the baseball encyclopedia. It's awesome. And it was a it's a very cool photo. That's awesome. That's what I'm picking. All right, my third pick. On, I, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. My third pick. I'm, I'm only gonna pick this because I just thought it was so cool. One of the things we got to do was just wander a little bit and just open lockers, open boxes, mm-hmm. open things. Like we got to just do it. And your son was like, hey, I want to see some helmets. And we opened up a locker, and the first helmet he saw was the Nationals. And he's like, oh, whose helmet is that? And he pulled it out, and it was Juan Soto's helmet. Yeah. I like, that's just magical to me. That rules. Like, good looking helmet, too. Those Nats helmets like, are good looking helmets. Yeah, matte, matte finish, finish, you know. But I, I think Juan Soto, like, Juan Soto's going to be on the baseball 100, like, maybe like next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, he's. He's in the baseball 500. The he's, Kirchner book. <laughs> which is why that book's better. <laughs> he's like one he's like one twenty eight or something. What, really? I read that I haven't read your book yet. I've read that whole book like You read twice. that whole book? Who's four yeah. who's four sixty seven? Four sixty seven is I wanna say it's uh it's Raleigh Fingers. He has Raleigh Fingers really low. <laughs> low. Yeah. It's just not that high he's, in relief. He's bad down on relievers. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. All right. My fourth pick is the Ted Williams hit chart from his uh four hundred season. Uh he hit uh he Ted the year Ted Williams hit four hundred. There's a an, the official like actual score sheet game by game, seeing him get all the way to the end, seeing him at three nine nine six, and then seeing uh, that in the final season final game doubleheader, he went four for five in the first game, two for three, or I think in the second, or three, right. two for five and and two for three or something. No, four for five. Was he four for four five? For, yeah, yeah, four yeah. for five and two for three. And, it and, went six for eight total. Yeah, got his average up to four oh six, and so this is like the official document that would be the. Like, hey, here's the thing that you submit that checks off. Yes, this is. It doesn't look. It looks like basically just like it's just a guy writing numbers into a into like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly by hand. But it's still like that story. Being a Red Sox fan when I was a kid, like that story is so burned into my memory. No, it's awesome. By the way, just very quickly, Steve Hurt, who is uh, 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 one of the uh, legendary stats people for Stats Inc., is just a, a legendary baseball guy. He's he's always said that he thinks the Ted Williams story is mis, uh, misunderstood because he went into it the final day hitting 3996, which rounds up to 400. And and people said, oh, you know, what a gutsy move it was for him to play. He could have just sat on it and he would have hit 400. And Steve Hurd always gets mad at that. He goes, no, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have hit 400. He would have hit 3996. You can round it up all you want, but he didn't hit 400. Mm. And I just thought, oh, that's interesting. 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 All right. My fourth pick, I'm going to go uh, a little bit Homerism on this, uh, and I'm going to talk about the uh, Buck O'Neill statue mm. that you see when you walk into this museum. Um, you know, there there was a lot of uh, hard feelings when he was not voted into the Hall of Fame. 
uh, including by by me. Um, as as very eloquently written about in your book about Buck O'Neill. There you like go, that. the soul of baseball. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that was in, now, is that the only book you've ever written? Interesting. You should ask. I wrote this book called The Baseball One Hundred. Oh. I know. Um, and, and uh, you know, it was always this, you know, it, it hurt that Buck, you know, in his last year of his life, uh, you know, they put in 17 Negro Leaguers and didn't put him in. And it was, it, you know, I know it hurt him. Maybe he handled it with the grace that he handled everything. But what I like to tell people, and this is 100% true, um, Buck O'Neill is very much in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, there's a statue prominently, of him. Prominently. Yeah, yeah, prominently. There's a prominent statue of him as you walk in. And the Hall of Fame gives out the Buck O'Neill Award uh, to players and people who represent the game the way Buck did. Right. So Buck O'Neill is very, very much a part of this place, and I love seeing that statue. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, all right, my fifth pick is uh, I saw the game that Pedro struck out 17 Yankees at, at the stadium <laughs> and threw a one-hitter. Chili Davis had the only hit. It was a home run. And since you broke the rules by no, saying I didn't break you could just rules. bring in no, other no, things that you saw that were great, I saw that game live. I was there. It was amazing. The crowd was going crazy. There yeah. were so many Dominican fans there. It was the only time I ever felt safe being in Yankee Stadium wearing a Red Sox hat. And uh, it ruled as the greatest baseball performance I've ever seen. Yankees didn't hit a ball into fair territory after the fourth inning. Yeah. Think about that. They didn't hit a ball into fair territory. It was a strikeout or foul out every single act. And because you broke the rules, I, I didn't drafted rules. something that we didn't see on I this saw, trip. I saw. I don't care. You broke the rules, so I'm picking <laughs> I didn't that. I did say on this trip. It was great. And I my, said and my number trip. six pick is Winged Victory, the, the statue at the at the Louvre, yeah. which is incredible. Right, right. It's, it's really good. Yep. Um, I, I, I've seen the Eiffel Tower, too, on that same trip. That, I so saw that the Eiffel great. Tower. Too bad. I picked wait, I already no, I, wait, you, you, took, you went out of order. I wait. I don't like it to choose the Eiffel Tower. All right, fine. You take that. That's fine. My fifth pick is going to be, I can't believe you didn't take it. The Bo Jackson jersey. That yeah, we saw. right. That, All right? Was, that, was, a, that should have been my pick <laughs> instead of doing a bit. We saw a Bo Jackson jersey. I don't even know how much we're allowed to even talk about it because it's like, is it a secret and we can talk about it? So they get this Bo Jackson jersey in 1980 or 1990, I guess, um, from the Raiders. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're, you know, obviously baseball, football, the Hall of Fame asked the Raiders, can you give us a, a Bo Jackson item? And they're like, yeah, fine. They give him his jersey. And you look at the jersey and you're like, that's oh, a practice jersey. Right, it's completely. It's just black. There's nothing on it except for the number. His name is on the back. Doesn't even say Raiders. It doesn't even say, say Raiders on it. It yeah. looks literally like a practice jersey. And the Hall of Fame for years were like, "Eh, well, we don't even know what we have." And then our good friend Tom started doing research, and he realized that that was the jersey that Bo Jackson was wearing when he got hurt against the Bengals in his very last his game. His last jersey he ever wore. The last jersey he ever wore, and it might have been the only jersey he wore that entire year because. Uh, we think Al Davis was so cheap he didn't give anybody else a jersey. Yeah. So uh, so cheap he wouldn't spring for a Raiders for a second for a Raiders patch to put on the arm. <laughs> He's like, ah, they'll know you're on the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. All right, that's a better pick than uh, than the game where Pedro. The, the Pedro's <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna see a lot more cool stuff. All right, you know what though? It's time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. Mm -hmm. You want to go first? Sure. So um, for those of you who've listened to this podcast in the past, might know that. Um, uh, I, at the beginning of every podcast, I say, uh, thanks for having me. That's right. Uh, and thank you for having me, Joe. And, and, it was, and that's a joke because that's how I used to genuinely say, we begin, Joe would say with me as Mike Shore, and I would say, thank you for having me. And then someone wrote in on Twitter, I think, and pointed out the fact that um, 
I don't have to thank you for having me because this is a thing we it's, do together. It's our call. You're, yeah. the, you're the also the host of the yeah, show. Yeah, right. no, that's right. Uh, and then it, so then it was like, well, now I have to say it every time because now it's funny. <laughs> so at, and then at the end, I also say thank you for having me. That's right. right? So, but I was like, you know what? We're moving to Meadowlark. We're moving to the Lebertard and Friends uh, Podcast Network. It's time for a change. Oh, I like so this. So I've decided that I, I'm going to do a new thing now, which is I'm going to have a different sign-off. At, at first, I was like, maybe I, there's a, a sign-off, like a, a, a standard sign-off I could have that's better. For example, I could say like, sorry, everyone, or something <laughs> like that. Or like, I'm sorry, like it, just a, an apology for listening. Yes. Right? But then I was like, no, I should do a different one every time. So I'm going to, I'm announcing right now that every time we do this, I'm yes. going to come up with a different way to, after you say, after you say thanks, thanks for listening yeah, or whatever you right, say, right. I will have a different little sign off for. Yeah, every, I always say, Mike, as always, thank you, thank you, and, and then I will say something that will be different every single time. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, and you've got this prepared. Already. Yes, I do. Oh, this is really yeah. exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you my one mess. Let me this thing. So Mike and I, and maybe some people who are here, maybe some people who are listening, we do the New York Times spelling bee every day. Uh, I do it every day. You do it every day, don't you? Every day. Every single day. And. Pretty good at it, mm -hmm. uh, you know. I, I get to genius usually two or three times a if week. If you don't know, this is a puzzle where you get seven letters. They're arranged in a little beehive. There's one letter in the middle. You have to make as many words as you can using, using the, the letter in the middle. Yeah, they have. There are at least four letters long, and you have to use the middle letter. And there's like a point system. That's right. Where the more words you get, and there's always one pangram, which is one that uses all seven letters. That's right. And you have to get a certain number of points to to reach like the highest. Level. Right. And you can get to the highest level. The highest level is genius, but you can actually get to queen bee if you get all the words. Right. All of all of which I've gotten words. a few times. Yeah. Uh, and I get to genius usually half the time, maybe something like that. So I'm fairly good at it. But there's something that bothers me, really bothers me about the about the spelling bee. What do you got? Good. You get to good mm -hmm. fairly early. Uh, as you go up, you get like good start, like yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. like doing fair, pretty well, yeah, fair, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fair. And okay. you, yeah. So good comes. Okay. And after good, solid. <laughs> there is no <laughs> doubt good is better than solid. There is that's not even close. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Yeah. Yeah, solid is definitely not better solid than good. Solid is not better than good. Yeah. Solid is like, yeah, all right, solid, solid. Very briefly, I worked with an excellent editor and director named Dean Holland who directed a bunch of Parks and Recreation episodes and Brooklyn Nine-Nines and everything else. And he had he's a very tough critic of his own behavior. And I would ask him how things were. This is a very weird story, but it's I swear to God it's true. There were I would say, like, how is that episode? Or how is it coming? Or how's this cut looking? And he would have three possible responses. One of them was good. One of them was pretty good, which somehow was better than good. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. The top level rank was yeah. solid. Come on. I swear to God. He would go like, that's a really, but he would say like, that's a solid episode. And what he meant was, it's better than the other two things. He literally, I, I swear to God. That's that was, weird. That was his ranking system was good, pretty good, <laughs> solid. I don't know why, but that maybe maybe Dean runs the spelling Dean bee. runs the spelling bee. <laughs> There's no question good is better than solid. Mike, we did our first podcast in front of an audience in Cooperstown. Do you think that when we were sitting there at that minor league game, or I guess spring training game, a dozen years ago, mm -hmm. arguing about whether or not strawberries should be the number one fruit, mm -hmm. that we would end up here? Yes, we predicted it. Yeah, I thought that was going to happen too. You said, "What do you think? Where do you think this takes us?" And I said, "We're going to do this live in Cooperstown in twelve years." <laughs> and it's come to be. Yeah, you can go back in the archives and listen to it. That's I'm. <laughs> It's awesome. Well, Mike, as always, thank you. LOL, Yankees. <laughs>
Pause cast.